the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk Hello, and welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. I'm Pastor Gardner. We're just delighted that you're here this evening experience the Lord's goodness, to enter into his presence. Father, we just give you thanks and praise. You're a mighty God, and we rest in your strength. And I declare, Father, tonight that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. And Lord, you are free to do what you need to do here. Lord, we just make ourselves available to you, and we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
greater you, Lord. Come on, receive whatever it is. He's here with miracles in hand. Receive from him tonight. Receive from him tonight. There are no strings attached. He just wants you to have what he an exclusive close-up and personal relationship with the Almighty God. And there is none that can compare to Him. No one can do for you what He can do for you. No one loves you more than He loves you. He loves you. He's called you. He's chosen you. He has equipped you. He has anointed you. He has blessed you. He is with you. He is for you. He is not against you. He's your greatest cheerleader. He's your best encourager. He's your greatest helper. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you. We welcome you into this very place. And we know that you are here because your word says it. And so, Lord, we open up our hearts and our spiritual ears and we have ears to hear what your spirit is saying and we thank you Lord that you speak to us and encourage us I have gifts for you I have things that I have prepared for you, plans that I have made for you, things that I have designed for you. Will you have them? Will you do them? Will they be made manifest in your life? Oh, listen to me. Listen to my voice and I will show you what they are. I will describe them to you and you will know and you will go and you will grow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Praise the Lord.
Our Bible adventure program is active. We have 17 kids, 12 from one school, and it's like five or six from another school. They're coming every Thursday. And uh, next Tuesday, we start our uh, This Generation into the Middle School, and uh, we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, if you have some available time on Tuesday afternoons or Thursday afternoons and you'd like to uh, help in those things, you can see Miss Nadine for This Generation and you can see Miss Chris Frenchek for Bible Adventure. And uh, we would love to have you. It's a great time, fastest two hours of the day. Glory to God. And uh, we started our woven uh, this in September, so that's going uh, the third Friday of every month. And uh, we're getting geared up for our Everyday Hero Men's Conference. Uh, men, you need to go ahead and sign up for that. Um, you can do it through the bookstore or online. And uh, we're going to help you level up this year. And our guest speaker is going to be John George. Uh, an evangelist out of Texas. We're just going to have a great time, and uh, it's going to be an exciting time. Amen? And uh, we're going to have our in-house worship team leading our worship for our conference. We're excited about that. But we're glad it's Wednesday, and we're glad that you're here. And if you're watching online, we're glad that you're watching. And uh, we're going to have a good time tonight. Amen? And uh, as always, you have the opportunity to make an investment into the kingdom of God. And as you give, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, that he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. And, uh, you know, God just loves a cheerful giver. He loves because the spirit of generosity is the spirit of God. And uh, aren't you glad that God didn't skimp on salvation? Amen. He gave us Jesus. So you can give anytime tonight. If you're giving, uh, watching us, you can give online. Go to our website at vcfpa.org, and uh, you'll find out how to give there. And Lord, right now, I just take this opportunity to pronounce the blessing of the Lord. Lord, the blessing that makes them rich, and you add no sorrow with it. I put the blessing on the gifts and the givers, Father. And we give you thanks and praise that their lives are enriched. Lord, that the fruits of righteousness increase in their lives and abound more and more. And Lord, your goodness, your grace, and your glory is upon them in all that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're going to dismiss our kids uh, right now. Kids, have a great time in your class. Teachers, thank you so much. Go learn about Jesus under the anointing, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. You know, our God is so good to us. And he has made such wonderful things available to us in his kingdom. But you know what? If we don't know that they exist, if we don't know how to get them, then all those wonderful things can't help us. Amen? But God has created a way for him to transfer his goods to us. And that is through revelation. Revelation is God's 
communication. It's how he communicates truth to us. It's like if you go out, if you were part of the gold rush in the 1800s or whenever it was, and uh, people moved out west, right? They would they would pan for gold. They would dig for gold, right? They would set up these uh, screens and they'd shake the dirt out, and hopefully there'd be some gold nuggets there. Or they'd take an axe or a shovel and they would dig because they knew that there was treasure there. And so they went about ways of trying to extract that treasure. Amen? Well, we don't have to find ways to extract God's treasure. God already made it available to us. All right? And God is going to show us. And God is going to uh, give it to us. All right? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 29. Deuteronomy chapter 29. We read this last week, but, you know, repetition is good. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 29 and uh, verse 29, the last verse of this chapter. He said, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children for how long? Forever. That we may do all the words of the law. Hallelujah. God shows us things so that we can have things and that we can do things. Amen. God has set you up for success. And although his success plan is hidden, those that get close to him, it's revealed to them. Amen. You want to increase your knowledge? You want to increase your understanding? All right, get close to God. Hallelujah. Uh, he has ways of revealing truth to us. He can speak to you. He can show you things, right? He can uh, demonstrate things to you. He can teach things to you. He can inspire someone to teach, tell you things too. Hallelujah. And... Uh, he, he pulls back the curtain for, and allows us to see the unseen realm. Glory to God. And we, we, we do that by the spirit of faith. I wrote some things down that the Lord was putting on my heart. A transformation requires new or true information that is transferred through a revelation. How many know God's into transformation? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. God wants you to be transformed. He wants you to undergo a metamorphosis. He wants you to be, become something that you have never been before. Hallelujah. He wants you to do something you've never done before. He wants you to have something that you've never had before. So let me say that again. A transformation requires new or true information that is transferred through a revelation. It is made known to you. It is uncovered for you. It is shown to you. You don't have to dig with a pick, glory to God. Don't have to get a backhoe. All you have to do is have some faith. Amen. Your faith is the backhoe. 
Your faith is, is, the, is the, the pick, right? Okay. A revelation is God showing you what he thinks. A revelation is God sharing with you what he knows. A revelation is what, uh, is what God understands and what God sees. You know, in Philippians uh, 2, it tells us to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We can ha- say, I have the mind of Christ. Well, what do you do with the mind of Christ? You're supposed to think his thoughts. You're supposed to say his words. And you're supposed to do his actions. Amen? Hallelujah. So a revelation is God showing you what he thinks. Hey, God, what do you think about this? You know, he'll show you what he thinks about it. Or he'll tell you what he thinks about it. Amen? God has, God is into direct communication with you. He wants to speak to you. Why? He's a relational God. He's a personal God. He came to where we are. He came from heaven and put on flesh so that he could relate to you. I mean, he could relate to you anyway because he created you. You, you have always been on his mind. You have always been, uh, a, you, he has always seen you. He has always known that you're going to be here at this time on the earth. And he has great plans for you. Say, God has great plans for me. And just because you're older, God doesn't quit thinking about you. God doesn't stop having plans for you. Amen? I mean, I, I've said this many times, but uh, Moses was 80 years old when he found out what God had planned for him. How'd you like to start off God's plan when you're 80? Amen? It's okay. You start wherever you are. Amen? You just, wherever you are, wherever, you, wherever God meets you, that's where you start. All right? Revelation is a necessary key for possessing, obtaining, or having what God said. You can't have what God said unless you know what God said. You can't have what God said unless you hear what God said. Amen? You can't do what God said unless he shows you to do it. Right? How many has ever lost their keys? If your keys are lost, can you start your car? Unless you Don't say, I, I, I can hotwire it. How many know when your keys are lost, you can't use them? Right? When your wallet is lost, you can't use it, right? So it needs to be found, it needs to be uncovered, it needs to be discovered in order for you to use it. The same thing is true with God. Heaven's information. Glory to God. You know, before we met Jesus, we were in the dark. We were without knowledge, we were away from God, and we had... we. We did not, we have, we had no correct understanding of spiritual things before Jesus. This was BC, right? Before Christ. Do you realize man walked with God in the garden in the cool of the day, but when, when man sinned, 
Their fellowship was broken. Their connection was broken. Things were different. Things changed. Other things came into the earth. So before we met Jesus, we were in the dark. We had no understanding. We had no clue of spiritual things, right? Right? We were all there at one point. Okay? But when we met Jesus, our light was turned on. Hallelujah. We had access to knowledge. We could approach God for a close, intimate relationship with him. And now we can understand spiritual things more and more. Matter of fact, we can grow in understanding. There's no limit to what we can understand about God. We'll never get to the bottom of it, but there's no limit to, for us to what we can understand about him. Amen? An unlimited, limitless life. Glory to God. If things are hidden or secret or unknown or covered, they can't help us. To help us, those things must be revealed, showed, told us, made known, or uncovered. And this is what God does through revelation. I want you to go to, uh, so the secret things, once they're revealed, they're revealed so that we can take possession. They're revealed so that we can obtain. They're revealed so that we can put it into action. All right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Do you realize the, the man who sat at the pool of the Bethesda? He didn't have a revelation that there was another way that he could be healed. Until the truth showed up where he was. And basically, paraphrasing, he said, I got a better way. You don't have to go in the water. I can just tell you what to do. But for 38 years, he was bound in that condition because he lacked information. Until Jesus, who is the truth, showed up to him and showed him another way. Pick up your mat and walk. You don't even have to put your toe in the water. All you have to do is do what I say. And what happened to that man? Did that revelation change his life? Yeah, for the first time in 38 years, he walked. Where up to that point, he was bound. He was limited. He was hindered. He was stuck. But until new information came along that changed his entire life in a moment. Amen? Did you know that Jesus didn't give him a a true or false multiple choice test? He just gave him a simple instruction. He showed him a better way. Isn't that what Jesus came to do? He came to show us a better way. Hey, there's a better way of living. I lived it. I can show you how to do it. Aren't you glad that there's, Jesus showed us a better way of living? We don't have to be in the dark anymore. We can, we can be in the light. Yes, hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you. Revelation is light. Yes. We need to walk in the light, live in the light, abide in the light. You can have the light on all night and you won't get a power bill. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 
But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love God tonight? Hopefully you love him tomorrow too. But because you love God, God has things prepared for you. Prepared means to be made ahead of time. Prepared means to be ready when you're ready. I've prepared this for you. I knew you were coming, so I baked a cake. Right? I prepared this for you. You're not going to get what God has prepared for you by any physical senses. You're not going to get what God has prepared for you through your flesh. You're not going to get what God has prepared for you through osmosis. I don't know why that's one of my favorite words from elementary biology. Osmosis, I love it. That means the cell can just get close and it can absorb things into it. You can't just touch the Bible and say, okay, Lord, give it to me. No, it's it's going to take a little bit more than just touching it. You've got to interact with it. You've got to read it, study it, confess it, believe it. You've got to interact with it. Okay? So how are we going to know the things that God has prepared for us? How are we going to find them out? How are we going to discover these things? God has a way of communicating them to you. Look at verse 10. But God. Thank you, Lord, for butting in. My flesh was in the way, but Lord, you butted in, and now things are made clear. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. You have a Holy Spirit who is God's research assistant. He specializes in researching the kingdom. He specializes in researching the heart of the Father. He specializes in knowing the thoughts of God. He specializes, he knows where every secret is. He understands every mystery. He knows where everything is hidden and uncovered. And he's got the master key to it all. Hallelujah. Say the Holy Ghost has got the keys. Because he searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God knows it all. He was there in the beginning. He'll be there in the end. He'll always be. Right? Okay? Verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. Aren't you glad for that? But we have received the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are what? Freely. That's a word to get excited about. 
given to us by God. Because the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of us, now we've been given access. Hallelujah. He has all the information and he knows how to get it to you. You know, if you have an ATM card, that ATM card has information about you. It knows how to access your accounts. It knows how to pay things for you. And if you want to access the information that's on your ATM card, you got to connect it with the machine and you got to put in a passcode. Amen. Right. But if you don't, if you have the wrong passcode, you can't access the information. Or if your card is not accepted in that machine, you can't access the information. Oh, but we got a Holy Spirit. He's greater than an ATM card. He knows everything about us. Amen. And we've got complete access to him. Glory to God. And what's his job? To, to, so that we know the things that have been freely given to us. So that we know. Because when you know it, you can use it. When you know it, you can do it. When you know it, you can have it. When you know it, it's yours. That's a revelation. Which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. When your natural man has a bad attitude, it interferes with the message of the Holy Spirit. When your natural man behaves badly, it interferes with the message of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the natural man can't pick up what the Spirit is saying. if If you're living a natural life, the things of God are still hidden to you. Because he doesn't reveal it to a natural man. He reveals it to the new man. A spiritual man. Jesus said the words that I speak are spirit and life. God uses spiritual communication to transfer his stuff to you. The word of God. Right? This is the title deed. Amen? This proves that it exists... And this says that if it's written for you, you can have it. Amen. And you can have it. Glory to God. So the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Man, why do you got to go to church to worship God? I can just worship God in the woods. Well, God bought the church with his blood. He became the head of the church. He put gifts in the church. I don't know. He thinks, I think he thinks the church is pretty important. Amen. So, yeah, you can experience God in the woods, but he, he designed a system on this earth where we can be taught his word, where he can communicate to us. Amen. And it's called the church. It's called his bride. Church is important to God. You don't buy anything with your blood if it's not important. Amen. The church is important. Fellowship is important. It's important to God. Why? He set it up. He's the firstborn of the church. Amen? You have to spiritually discern 
what belongs to you. Verse 15, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged by no man. For he who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So the mind of Christ is the Holy Ghost. Who has known the mind of the Lord? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen? We have the mind. The Holy Spirit thinks like God thinks. He knows what God knows. Amen? He has the power that God has. So when we connect to the Holy Spirit, we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Go to Matthew chapter 16. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 16. Revelation is a way that God communicates to us. And it's necessary because if God doesn't show you, you can't use it. You can't have it. Amen? All right? Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that you are John the Baptist. Well, John was his cousin, but he wasn't John. Some say Elijah. Well, Elijah was a forerunner. And others, Jeremiah. No, I'm Jesus. I'm not Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. In other words, they're guessing at who he is because they have no relationship with him. See, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you don't know who he is. You don't know what he can do. You go to God and you don't have a relationship with him, he'll say, you don't know what I'm capable of. You don't know what I can do for you. Oh, they're identifying Jesus as, they're not, he's not even these people. They don't even know who he is. All right? But he said to them, whom Say you that I am. Who am I to you? Who is God to you? Who is Jesus to you? Is he your healer? Is he your savior? Is he your deliverer? He's all those things. Amen? Is he your king? How about is he your Lord? Is he your master? See, does he have the right to speak into your life. What position do you put him in? How much do you value him? Who is he to you? Jesus is not concerned about the opinion of the multitude. He's concerned about who he is to you because he's a personal God. Who am I to you? And he told the disciples, take your pencils out. We're going to take a test. No, he didn't say that. And Simon Peter answered and said, Who is Jesus? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you. Did you know that revelation brings blessing? When God shows you something or reveals something or uncovers something, there's always a blessing associated with it. He said, bless you, 
Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. In a moment, in just the twinkling of an eye, the snap of the fingers, Jesus asks a question. And without thinking, without reasoning, Peter got information that was given to him about Jesus that he didn't know before. And he says it with conviction. He says it with boldness. He says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. And Jesus, the word says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Peter didn't go to school for it. Peter just knew it on the spot, in the moment. Hallelujah. And what he knew was real to him. Once God shows it to you, it's yours. It's real to you. It's alive to you. Amen? And he said, I say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, what rock? The rock of revelation of knowing who Jesus is. We got to know who Jesus is. Why? If you don't know who he is, you don't know what he can do. Because who he is and what he can do are the very same thing. He's the Savior, so he saves. He's the healer, so he heals. He's the provider so he provides he's the joy giver so he gives joy he's the helper so he helps he's the deliverer so he delivers amen god does exactly who he is who he is is exactly what he does they're the same And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The keys of the kingdom of heaven are revelational truths that give you authority to exercise on the earth. God's got some keys. And those keys open doors. And he only gives those keys to whom he shows those keys to. Amen? God, he said, I'll give you... I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth, you shall be, shall be bound in heaven. In other words, when you know what heaven doesn't like, you can stop it and heaven will back you up. Or when you know what heaven likes, heaven will loose it for you. Whatsoever you bind will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose will be loosed in heaven. That's authority. But how do you know what heaven likes? It's got to be a revelation. It's got to be shown to you. It's got to be uncovered to you. It's got to be unveiled to you. But once you know it, you can exercise it. Once you know it, you can walk in it. Once you know it, you can have it. Once you know it, you can possess it. And it can be in a moment. It can be over time. But God is a revealer of secrets. Amen? Go to Titus chapter 1, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Titus chapter 1. Hallelujah. Mm, My goodness. I'm just getting revved up. Paul, this is uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 1. This is from the Amplified. Paul, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. The King James says, 
by the will of God. How did Paul know what career he needed to pursue? Because Paul was in a career. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He trained at the top-notch school of Pharisees under Gamaliel. He was the best Pharisee that anybody could be. And as a Pharisee, he came against the gospel message with ferocity. He began to persecute Christians. Okay? He was persecuting, imprisoning. He was watching Christians get killed. He was holding the, the killer's garments for them. But he was on the wrong path. He was pursuing the wrong thing. And it wasn't until he had a revelation on the way to Damascus when truth showed up where he was. And truth interrupted his trip. And truth began to speak to him. I've got plans for you. My plan did not involve you persecuting Christians. I've got something better for you to do. I've got something greater for you to do. Let me show you to it. Let me show it to you. So Paul knew that he was going to be an apostle because he had a revelation of who Jesus was. And Paul became an apostle of God by the will of God because that was a revelation. You want to find the right career? You need a revelation of what God made you to do. Amen? And, and maybe you have trained for what you need to do in the kingdom. Or maybe you haven't. Peter trained for fishing fish, for catching fish. But God wanted him to catch people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you fish, but it's going to be a different kind of fishing. And with my kind of fishing, you're going to need specialized training. So Jesus showed up in his boat one day. And he preached a message. And then, because Peter lent Jesus his boat to, for a pulpit, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you in return. So he said, cast out your nets into the deep. Oh, I've toiled all night. I don't feel like it. But nevertheless, at your word. Peter got a revelation. That Jesus can command fish. And where Jesus says cast, you cast. Why? Because you're, you're about to catch something that you've never caught before. You're about to bring in an abundance you've never had before. How did Peter get so blessed in his partnership? Because he got a revelation. The revelation was cast out your nets. It was contradictory to how he felt. It was contradictory to what he did all night. But it was a revelation. Cast your nets there. That's a revelation. I'm showing you something. How to get increase. It's not by your feelings. It's not by your toil. It's by you, you obeying my word. Peter learned a lesson that day, didn't he? When you almost sink two boats, you get a revelation. All right? Okay. Now, let's get back to Titus. An apostle is a special messenger, personally chosen representative. God told Ananias that Paul was a chosen vessel to him. Paul, God revealed his plan for Paul when he was in Damascus and he was blind. Okay? And uh, he began, and, and 
he, from that moment on, he followed God in a close personal relationship, and he continued to get revelation because he, he wrote half the New Testament. He didn't go to school for it because he, he, he was caught up in the heaven, and God showed him these things, and he wrote them down for us. Aren't you glad for that? We're still benefiting from the revelation that God gave him. Amen? See what you can do with a revelation? You can revolutionize your life. You can revolutionize your finances. You can revolutionize your future. Amen? You can change your family. Hallelujah. Sometimes things that are revealed aren't so good. Like Eli had a revelation that there, was, there wasn't going to be any more male son, male uh, person in his family line. That's not so good. All right? Okay, back to Titus. An apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's chosen ones. Hallelujah. This is what the Amplified says. And the knowledge of the truth which leads to godliness based on the hope, the divine guarantee of eternal life, which God, who is ever truthful, without deceit, promised before the ages of time began. God had these promises long before time began. His promises are eternal. The things that God has prepared for you, the things that God has for you, the thing that God wants you to have, it's eternal. Amen? Hallelujah. And Paul was entrusted with these things. So, God's promises surpass time. And verse 3. No, we're not going to go to verse 3. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. All right, I've got to get moving here. 2 Peter chapter 1. Do you remember the first time that you discovered that God wanted to save you? And you, you accepted that truth? How many remember when you got saved? Remember how you felt when you, you realized, when you understood that God accepted you, that God forgave you, that God wasn't holding all your past mistakes against you. Amen? That's a revelation. He was revealing his love to you. And you accepted it, and you got born again. It changed your life. That revelation revolutionized your life. Amen? Second Peter chapter 1 Verse 16, Peter wrote, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter was the one, was one of the ones on the Mount of Transfiguration that saw Jesus transformed before his eyes. He was caught up in the cloud. He was enveloped in glory. He saw Jesus in his original state before he came to earth. His clothes were glistening. Lightning was popping. Amen. It was brighter than the sun. Glory to God. And he was talking with Elijah and Moses. Hallelujah. Okay. So he didn't. Peter's not following man-made things, not cunningly devised fables. Okay. He wasn't following Aesop's fables. Okay. 
Verse 17, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So God spoke to uh, Peter, James, and John out of the cloud when Jesus was transformed before their eyes. Okay, and this voice which came from heaven, we heard, we were with him while we were with him in glory in the holy mount. Verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. In other words, you can rely on God's revelation. All right, you can rely on it's a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. Everybody say, I'm going to do well. So I'm going to listen to what God is saying. It's going to help you to take hold of what God reveals to you, of what God tells you, what God shows you. Amen? You, it's your, he'll give it to you, but you got to grab onto it. You got to receive it. Amen? You got to latch onto it. Glory to God. And you got to digest it. Get it in you. Okay? He said, uh, as take heed as a light, as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. When you get a revelation, light floods your heart. Amen. God turns on a light and things become clear. You, you see things you never saw before. You hear things you've never heard before. You understand things you never understood before. Hallelujah. And the day star arising at verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Man did not come up with the scriptures. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, Let me just explain something to you. There's a difference between revelation and inspiration. All right? Revelation and inspiration. Inspiration means it's God-breathed. And what comes from God is useful and doable. Okay? It's when when you're inspired, it's God breathing out. That means God is active in the process. The, The words in the Bible, came from the breath of God. They were breathed out of God. They they were spoken out of God's mouth. It came from God's heart. They were imagined in God's mind. The word of God, the Bible is the word of God. It is the active, living word of God. Okay? So inspiration. It's the breathing out. What the writers penned is what the Holy Spirit spoke. They were inspired, okay? Uh, they, uh, the Holy Spirit guided what was written so that the original documents communicated what he meant, all right? What he intended. The scriptures are inspired, but the writers who wrote them are not. They were tools. You know, often, you can read through the prophets. A lot of times God would tell the prophets, write this down, right? All the books of the prophets, they were as a result because God spoke to these people and they wrote it down. Amen? So the scriptures are inspired, 
but the people who wrote them aren't necessarily inspired. Okay, that's a good, good thing to know. Inspiration does not block individuality, but it affirms that the words the writers chose were given by God to convey his message. Okay, this is inspiration. All right? But revelation, it's, it's a disclosing of truth. It's making known to us uh, through different means. Uh, it's God's initiative to make known the things to us that would otherwise remain hidden. So God initiates a revelation. He'll just show up or he'll just start speaking to you. You could be in a service. You could be in your car. You could be washing dishes. You could be sleeping. You could be in the shower. God could speak to you a revelation at any time, any place, anywhere. Amen. He's not limited to time and space. And some people get revelations in the strangest places. And that's okay. Jacob was sleeping on a rock at night and he saw a revelation of angels ascending and descending into heaven. Okay? So revelation, it's the unveiling. So God takes the initiative. Alright? He uncovers things. He opens, he makes the visible, he makes the invisible visible. That's a revelation. Okay? And, uh, He's going to reveal things to, to us and to his prophets. Amen. And uh, revelation is the means through which we have current knowledge of God and his plans right now. God will give you a right now plan, a right now strategy, a right now thought that he's thinking. Revelation is God sharing his thoughts with you in a moment. Or he's sharing what he's planned in a moment. Amen. So that's the difference between revelation and inspiration. There's general revelation, right? That's knowledge given to everybody. But then there are special revelations that God gives to individuals because of their assignment or whatever. There's special revelation. Say, I'm special. Since you're special, God will give you a special revelation. Amen? Tailor-made just for you. Hallelujah. Okay, so a revelation is light. A revelation does not operate in darkness. It is not deceptive. It will not lead you to harm. All right, it will always bless you. Okay, go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, I got to get this out. And then I got to say a few things. Hallelujah, then we're going to finish. Glory to God. That's all right, I'm going to get it all out. Amen. All that I need to get out. I'm not going to get all this out, but I'm all that I need to get out. Okay, John chapter 3, verse 19. So, when God gives you a revelation, it's like light coming on the scene. Right? If you've ever seen any kind of a, uh, a play or something like that, and the stage will be dark, and you can't really make out what's on the stage, but when the light hits that stage, what happens? The scene becomes clear. And you know exactly what it is. All the features are, 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 are made uh, visible. Okay? So John 3.19. Alright? This is the, the condemnation, the judgment that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than the light. Did you know that a lot of people, they, they run from a revelation? They don't want to do it for whatever reason. They don't want to have it for whatever reason. Right? They, 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 they're bound by thoughts of unworthiness or, uh, thoughts of other things. Okay? Uh, 
Men love darkness, but rather than the light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that does evil, or everyone that does evil hates the light. So the, God's light is not, uh, it's not going to be embraced by evil or wicked people. All right? Jesus is the light of the world, and he can shine wherever he wants to. Amen? And he'll, he'll show up. And uh, go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Verse 36, John 12, verse 36, hallelujah, glory to God. God wants to give you a revelation. There's things he wants you to have, things he wants you to do, things that you can possess. And the minute he shows it to you, you can grab a hold of it. You can make it yours. Hallelujah. John 12, verse 36, while you have the light, believe in the light. You know, when, when God gives you a revelation, you've got to believe in the revelation. That you may be the children of light. Children of light, you, you share the same light. You've got the same power source. You've got the same brilliance. Hallelujah. You know, light's measured in lumens. How bright is your light? How, how much of the light... Have you been, you know, when Moses hung around the light for 40 days, it affected his face. He came down off the mountain and his face was lit up. Where you been? I've been in the light. I got a suntan, an S-O-N tan. An S-O-N tan. Hallelujah. All right, so you got to believe in the light that we become children of the light. And uh, God is light. His message is light. Right? It, it has nothing to do with darkness. We're supposed to put on the full armor of light. In other words, when, you, when God reveals something to you, now it becomes your responsibility to do it, to carry it out, to possess it. Amen? Did God give the promised land of Canaan to Israel. He said, I'm going to bring you out from Egypt and I'm going to take you in to a land flowing with milk and honey. Right? That was a revelation. They were getting out of Egypt and they come to find out that God had given them a vast area of land. Okay? Did they possess it yet? What did they have to do with that revelation? They had to take that revelation and they had to engage kings with the revelation that their property is ours. They had to overthrow people. They had to literally dispossess people who were possessing their property. But because they had a revelation from God, when they faced that opponent, they overcame that opponent with ease. Every time they did God's battle plan, they won. And they had minimal casualties every time. Every time. So when God shows you something, it's yours to possess it. It's yours to get it. You've got to take that revelation and you've got to say, because God said I can have it, I'm going to take this. And you've got to go and take it. Amen. And you've got to go make it yours. You've got to go stand on it and say, this is mine. And you're not going to move me off of it. Why? I have a revelation. Something God showed me something. God told me something. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
All right, go to Philippians chapter 1, and then we'll be done. Philippians 1. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. And Paul began to write, Paul wrote and he said, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more. How's your love going to abound more and more? Notice he said, in knowledge and in all judgment or discernment. If your love is going to increase and abound, you're going to have to increase in knowledge and discernment. Knowledge and discernment are tools of revelation. Amen? So in order for your, if you want to be a greater lover of people, if you want to be a greater exerciser of God's love, if your love wants to abound, then you're going to have to have more knowledge to support your love. Amen? You're going to have to take the knowledge of God to feed your love to make it stronger, faster, more effective. Glory to God, you've got the $6 million love. Amen? I don't know, I grew up watching the $6 million man. They made him faster, right? They could, he had two bionic legs, a bionic arm, and a bionic eye, right? He was faster. He could run faster than cars. Glory to God. Okay, verse 10. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus unto the glory and praise of God. All right, verse 11. So being filled with the fruits of righteousness... Uh, and then verse 12, but I would that you, you should understand. God wants you to understand. In order to operate on, on, on another level in God, you've got to understand some things. He said, but you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather than the, for the furtherance of the gospel. All right? So, revelation of God brings order out of chaos. He brings order out of chaos. If you feel like you're having a chaotic week, God will bring order out of your chaos. Amen? What brings order out of chaos? The speaking of his word. God spoke light into darkness, and what happened? The darkness ran away. A revelation from God says things right that were wrong. Hey, here's a better way to go. Why don't you go this way? A revelation will set things right that were wrong. A revelation of God dispels darkness and brings light. A revelation from God uncovers what was concealed and exposes what was hidden. Now, the enemy likes to operate in what's hidden. He's a deceiver. So he operates in darkness. But how many know we got a motion sensor light called the Holy Ghost? And when we see darkness moving, our light tracks it. Right? And the enemy's trying to sneak, and all of a sudden he's on the spotlight. He's been exposed, and once the enemy's exposed, he can't operate what he was going to do. He can't carry out his plan. Once you expose the enemy, you stop his plan from occurring. Hallelujah. You know, Paul encountered a sorcerer named Elamus. And Paul was trying to uh, preach the gospel to one of the leaders, the proconsul, right? But Elamus was interfering. He was trying to stop the preaching of the gospel. And Paul said, he called him, you, you agent of darkness, right? You, you, you deceiver. And he made him blind. Don't mess with me when I'm preaching the gospel. I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying. 
Amen? When you interfere with the gospel, the light in you is greater than the interference, but you've got to deal with the interference. Paul made him blind. Paul, he, he introduced him to the darkness he was operating in anyway. And he couldn't see. A revelation of God makes things known that were not known before. So it can be instant. A revelation of God introduces you to God's power. Let me show you what I can do. Amen. God, I can't do it. Let me show. I'm glad you can because I can. Amen. A revelation introduces you to God's power. A revelation is is God's divine encounter and experience that occurs in a moment. Poof. Just shows up. Can you imagine being Noah? Hey, Noah, it's going to rain. I want you to build a boat. First of all, what's a boat and what's rain? Don't know if they had boats in Noah's day. He might have been the first boat ever. Amen? First of all, he didn't know what rain was because it never rained before. There was a mist coming up from the ground that watered it. There was a river that flew in, you know. He didn't know what rain was. And God's saying, it's going to rain. I want you to build a boat. So because of the rain, that's a revelation. But did the revelation work? Did it change his life? Yeah, it saved humanity. A revelation saved humanity. The Bible is a revelatory book. Amen? This book is loaded with promises and benefits and blessings. Hallelujah. A revelation from God can cause you to overcome the operation and function of evil. A revelation from God comes by him appearing, speaking, and demonstrating. He's a demonstrator. Revelation speaks, revealing mysteries. If the mystery is revealed, is it a mystery anymore? Revelation is knowledge, knowing what God knows. Revelation is new information. It's an instant download from God. Revelation unfolds through the fivefold ministry gifts that glorify God. Revelation can come through teaching or divine instructing, and revelation is not limited to the, or it's not limited to the fivefold ministers, but it's given to hungry and thirsty seekers. How many hungry and thirsty seekers we got here tonight? Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Glory to God. A revelation, a download, a display that occurs in a moment. Hallelujah. If you, if you have something that you need God to do for you here right now in the name of Jesus, he's not only willing to do it, he is able to do it, he wants to do it, and he will do it. Amen? You believe God will do it? You believe God can handle it? You believe God will work it out? He'll work out all things for your good. To them that are called according to his purpose and love him. Hallelujah. I believe you walked in here tonight. This is an opportunity to receive from God tonight. Hallelujah. Just begin to praise the Lord right now. And if there's something that you need God to do, God knows 
what he needs to do in your life. You know what he needs to do in your life. And he can show you what needs, what you need to know right here, right now, in the name of Jesus, through revelation. You might just need to make a, a just a quick change of something. A, a slight adjustment of something. Amen? Sometimes just a slight, inju- a slight adjustment or that word of encouragement can, can change the situation. Amen? So if you came in here tonight and God needs to do something in your life, doesn't matter what it is, I want you to come up here right now in the name of Jesus. And we're going to connect with God and his power. Hallelujah. His light is going to come on the scene and he's going to show you something. Hallelujah. And that what he shows you will help you. What he shows you will be effective. In the name of Jesus, oh, hallelujah, Father, I thank you for making hidden things known. Hallelujah. Sometimes you felt...
wanted to share a revelation. Um, you know, the Lord was showing me um, there's a plan of the enemy to um, to dishonor the church. And so it's that when God was putting the church together, he wanted it to be like the fishing the fishing uh, position of a net, a commercial fisherman. Remember, Peter was a commercial fisherman. And what the enemy has tried to do to the church is to tell Christians that they can fish with a fishing rod, which is for hobby and vacation time. When, when people go fishing with a fishing rod, right, they're not trying to catch fish to feed the multitude or to supply a, a, a distribution center, correct? They're just there to, for leisure time. They're hanging out with their buddies. They might even hang out with people that they, that they fish with that they might not see for the rest of the year, but they're just hanging out, right? But God, Jesus told Peter, I will show you how to be fishers of men using the same strategies that you're using as a commercial fisherman. The church was designed by God to be a commercial level, a high distribution level of his revelation, of his move, of what he wants to correct in the body of Christ. He could do it all at one time in one service. He could come in and move and do things to us that, that individually we might get a little glimpse of it. But, but you know, there's also places where you can fish for leisure and you throw the fish back. You don't do that in commercial fishing. Every, everything counts. You, you, you're looking for the big haul. Do you see? So there's a time coming and they tested it already and it failed. But don't let it ever, don't, don't buy into, I'm a Christian so I could, and this is especially for our online audience, I'm telling you, you need to get to a church. You need to be in a body because God is going to pour out things in the commercial. We're going to call it commercial. He is doing grand scheme fixing of things. And we need to be in the places where he's pouring out his spirit. The other thing is that uh, don't let, don't let, um, don't let your thoughts about being a Christian. You're a Christian, so that's good, and you're going to heaven. You have to be part of the work. In the Bible, when the new church started, when, when the people first got saved and the apostles and everybody when they were preaching, look at how they risked their lives to meet together. If it was okay for them to go back on their own with their own families and hang out and read the Bible and pray and God will give them things, God would have set that up for us, but he didn't do that. Even Cornelius needed to call Peter to ask him to come to his house to show him what he was missing. Listen to me. The time is coming for a great harvest, and the church needs to be strong. So whatever you've been doing, you need to rearrange your schedule. I'm telling you right now, you need, God's given us a heads up. You need to rearrange your life to accommodate the church 
because God's commercial business is about to take off. And he wants to prepare people for all over the world, for, for worldwide distribution of the gospel to start happening. That was the command. It was go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's no longer like we got a problem when we're coming to church. We're coming to be equipped. We're coming for blanket stuff to happen. This is why we're coming to church. So I just want to give you guys a heads up that we need to defend the church. We need to defend the gathering together. And don't just fluff it off like, oh, well, we know God understands. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He always understands. But is it right? Right? So prepare your life. If you want to be part of what God is planning to do, prepare your life. Get your schedules organized. I don't know. Whatever you've got to do. And when church is happening, be here. Be here. If there has to be a miss of a service, don't don't uh, just think, well, I didn't miss much. You find out what happened and ask God if he can give it to you because you had to miss. You see what I'm saying? Part, that's how we participate. Become part of the commercial business of God. And I know a lot of people are going to think, well, she's making it commercial. Well, God made it commercial. He didn't choose the fishing rod. He chose the net. And he chose a commercial fisherman as an example. Amen? That's what I have for us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your revelation to us. Lord, we do not take this lightly. We thank you for downloading things to each of us. Show us where in our lives you want us to streamline, rearrange, plan. Father, show us who must be second so you can be first. And Lord, give us the favor, give us the wisdom, give us the understanding as we accept that you want us to gather together. We accept it, Father, and we receive it from you. And we thank you for divine revelation, divine impartation, and divine protection over us as we fulfill your command to be together. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen and amen. God bless you guys.